Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, good morning, Tekoa Church. It's great to be with you guys today. My name is Pastor Austin. I'm the lead pastor here at Tekoa. If we haven't met, I would love to meet you after service. We've been in a series looking at the things that Jesus would undo. What are some of those things that he came that maybe the religious leaders of his time or the people of his time were doing that weren't actually the things God was calling them to do? What were the things that he was came to change about how they related to God? And it's been challenging me both as um, a preacher, but he's, it's been challenging me as a disciple, a follower of Jesus as well. There is so much room for me to grow as I follow Jesus, as I learn to worship him more fully, as I learn to be more humble, as we talked about last week. That topic always is a challenge for me as I learn to trust in His power and not in trying to just be perfect on my own. And I know that I need Him more and more. And last week, I preached a really long message, one of my longer ones. Um, And before that even, I knew what the topic was going to be for today, but maybe God just needed to like highlight it for me. Um, And I think there are some Proverbs, um, and I'm slightly joking right now because um, of my position here, but there's some Proverbs that um, are going to speak into what we're going to talk about today. Proverbs are a book of the Old Testament that are a collection of wisdom and wise things for us. And so I want to look at a couple of these before we jump in. The first is, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Proverbs 13 says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And Proverbs 10 says, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. And there's a challenge in that, I think, for most of us, right, to restrain our words. But there's hope as well, right, because wisdom comes with this. And our topic today, um, there is wisdom for us as we look at this. Our topic today is called Quick to Listen. And we're going to look at how God calls us to be quick to listen. Jesus would come to undo some of the hasty words or things said out of anger or things just said to critique other people, but instead we're called to be quick to listen. We're going to start out by looking at some words from the brother of Jesus. His brother's name was James. We're going to look at some of James' words this morning that have some insight for us. And I believe when we put these in place, as the Proverbs said, when we put some of these practices in place, wisdom is going to come into our lives. And who doesn't want to be a more wise person, right? So, Jumping right in today, James chapter 1, starting in verse 19, says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. 
Right? It's not a super complicated message today. It's every person, he says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, be slow to anger, for anger does not lead to right action for the Christian. Right? It's not complicated, but difficult to put into place for most of us. Every person, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and ang- for anger does not lead to right action for the Christian. And honestly, that's the message today. I'm going to explain a little bit more of it, don't worry. But that's the message. It's not complicated. We just need to actually do it. And as everyone who has tried to not talk for an extended period of time knows, it's a challenge to keep quiet. We were made to be social people, and some of us, even though some of us are more introverted than others, right? you try to be quiet in public settings for even a day, and that's a challenge. Like, we want to talk. We're, you know, some of us more than others. But my first point today, James calls us to be quick to listen. And this is always, like, I don't know why, but as I was studying this this week, I realized I've always had this verse, like, backwards in its order. And I think maybe it's just how I think a lot of us are wired, right? I always thought it was be slow to speak and quick to listen. And it's not that much important in the order, but I've always thought it was that way. Slow to speak, quick to listen. And I realized, no, he says be quick to listen and slow to speak. And it starts with our listening, right? An active listener, somebody that's intentionally listening is going to be slower to speak. And I think as we jump into this, this idea, my first point being slow to speak, it's really tied into even this whole idea actually builds on my message from last week about God calling us to be humble and submit our pride before Him. Because when we're not speaking, we're not taking the center stage, it requires us to have some humility. And I'll never forget how this was really struck home for me when I was 22. I was 22. I was in seminary. I was in getting my master's degree for being a pastor, and I was in Boston. And I'm young. I do not have a lot of wisdom. I do not have a lot of life experience. And I will never forget the lead pastor from the church I grew up in, was about 70 years old at the time, calls me up one day and says, hey, I'd love to get lunch with you. I'm in Boston. So he takes me out to lunch. Now, my lead pastor, Rich, he led a church with two locations, a couple thousand people in his church. He led that church for like 40 years. He had a lot of wisdom. He had a lot of experience. He had a lot of position of authority. And he took me out to lunch, and we caught up, and I found out that he had retired from his role there, but he was still doing some ministry. And so he actually had come to Boston because he was filling in for a church. Matter of fact, he was filling in for the church that he was the pastor of right after he graduated from the seminary I was going to. And he was filling in there while they were looking for their long-term permanent pastor. And he took me out to lunch, and I shared a little bit about where I was at. And the rest of the lunch was him asking me questions about what it was like to do ministry in Boston at that current time, because it had been 40 years for him. And he spent the conversation asking me, what is the spiritual climate like? What are the churches like right here? What do people need to hear right now? What do people need to learn right now? Like, what, what is, he spent the lunch learning from me. Me, the 22-year-old little kind of punk that was across the table from him, he wanted to learn from me. And it just opened my eyes to what it looked like to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And it opened my eyes to what it meant to have humility 
and realize that it doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter if you are overall, he was way more wise than me, he was way smarter than me, he had way more life experience than me, but he still had something to learn from me, and so he exercised that, be slow to speak, and he exercised that, be quick to listen. And that story is as much about right humility as it is about being quick to listen, and it's about being slow to speak, and it's about this idea that we need to listen to what other people have to say around us, truly listen. And I believe when we live this out, right, that is the embodiment of wisdom, and that's why him, so much older than me and so much wiser than me, was actually quicker to listen and slower to speak than I was. And so this morning, wherever you are at, we are called to be slow to speak. And it elevates. When we're slow to speak, it elevates God in our life because it requires our trust of Him. You have to trust that if you need the floor, if you need to say something in that work meeting or to your kids or to your friend or your brother or sister or whoever it is, that God will give you that opportunity. And if He doesn't give you that opportunity, you have to trust that he's still going to take care of that person you care about, or he's still going to do the thing that you want him to do, even though it might be through somebody else, or it might be through him. It requires us to trust him more and more, and that's hard. It's hard to not just do it on our own and insert ourselves into the conversation and just try to get it through to that person that we care about. Like, you need to hear what I have to say because what I have to say is so important. And God says, I'll take care of it. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And that's the second one. The second point today is be slow to speak. And speaking a lot for most of us is pretty easy. And whether you are a person that talks too much or not, or maybe you're a person that doesn't talk enough, God can transform you. And I'm going to get there in a minute. And I would say, I'm making this up, but I would say at least 80% of us probably talk too much. It might be closer to 90, but I'll just be conservative and say 80% of us talk too much. And this is how you know because, you know, you're like, no, I'm in, that, I'm in that 10%. Don't worry, Pastor, I'm in that 10%. If somebody has not told you to talk more repeatedly, multiple people have not told you you need to speak up more and advocate for yourself, you are in the 80%. So most of the room is in the 80%. I'm in the 80%. I know I'm in the 80%. And what I've learned over my life is, man, it's still hard for me, and more and more I'm supposed to speak less. So just a side note, if you're in that 10 or 20% that doesn't talk enough, you can just flip what I'm saying today. God might be calling you to speak up a little bit more because he has some maybe wise things to say through you or something to do through you. For the rest of us, we're in that 80%. We need to be slower to speak. He says, be quick to listen, be slow to speak. And the action, as I just talked about, is to listen more. The action is to listen more. Who knows that the more you listen, the less you speak, because you can't listen and speak at the same time. It doesn't work that way. No one is speaking and listening at the same time. So the question is, are you really listening? Because if you are, you can help start to live out what James is saying to his church. Be quick to listen. Or be slow to speak, sorry. And these people, right, you know, like, some people, like, I'm not saying I've ever been this person, but, like, some people, like, they're in a conversation, and they're just like, how do I speak again? How can I get myself into this conversation? Oh, I really want to share this thing. They're, this person over here is talking. I don't even know what they're saying fully, but they said this, I can talk now. All right, some people, were just so focused because we're not listening. We're so focused on trying to just be quick to speak that we aren't even paying attention to what they have to say. We've got to stop. We've got to truly listen, truly care about what other people have to say. 
We need to ask questions, as my pastor did, to learn from those around us, to hear what they're saying, and we need to be slow to speak and not just saying words and the first thing that comes to our mind, not trying to get into the conversation, but being humble. And they work together. Be slow to speak, be quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm still confusing them. All week studying this passage, in my whole life, I've just flipped those two. All right, number three, slow to anger. Slow to anger. Why does James put slow to anger in here as I was reading through this? I was like, that's interesting. But right, speech and anger do go together. Our words get the best of us at times, especially when we're angry. Right, we say things we shouldn't. Listening is the last thing we want to do when we're angry. We just, we just need to get it out there. They need to know that they're in the wrong and we're in the right. Or how they hurt us or how they wronged us. Understanding is the last thing that we're looking for. Instead, we just want to unload on them and share how they're wrong. Like even in our world right now, I think so many times, whether it's online or in person, people just want to know, like, what camp are you in? Are you in my camp or are you in the other camp? Whether it's politics or theology or whatever the topic might be, it's are you with me or against me? Where are you? Because if you're over there, I just want to, like, I got, I got something against those people and I'm just ready to unload on them. And James says we need to be slow to get angry. And this week, you know, it's still hard for me. This week, I was literally at a church conference all day on Thursday. There's eight hours of worship music and, and people sharing wisdom with, with me and our team and um, just connecting with other pastors. And less than a mile away from that conference, I'm on my motorcycle and it's traffic and I'm trying to get home for dinner. And I have a motorcycle, so I get to go to the front at the stoplight because you might not know this, but that's actually what we're supposed to do as motorcyclists because it's safer for us. Because the number one, this is a very side note, the number one act, reason motorcycles get in accidents is people rear in them. So if we go to the front, it's safer for us. So I go to the front and I stop at the stoplight with everybody. And the guy next to me just starts edging his way up and closer to me. And I'm like, dude, the light is red. Like, and I'm on a motorcycle. I'll be faster than you. I'm not in your way. Just give me some space. And I just started, like, getting mad. And thankfully, there was a window and a helmet between us so that my words couldn't come out of my mouth. And, but I just started getting angry. And I was like, these thoughts in my head. Like, what can I do that isn't too far over the line? Like, if he starts going and edging up to me, like, can I, like, close his mirror or something? Like, what can I do that, like, you know, I'm not, like, vandalizing him, but, like, what's not too far over the line? And I'm literally, like, standing there, and I feel the Holy Spirit in me, like, you just preached on being humble, Austin. You're about to preach on being slow to get angry, and you're right here doing none of those things that you're supposed to be doing as a Christian. And I just let the anger go away from me. And I said, I don't care what he does. I'm going to just make sure I avoid him. I don't care if he goes quickly or slowly. I'm just going to do my thing. And I'm going to respond in humility as Jesus would have me respond. And the light turned green and we went on our way and nothing, no incident happened. But it was close because I was close to starting the incident. Because, you know, that guy was doing what he was doing. But we need to be slow to anger. And this is the thing this leads, that story leads into my fourth point, is that God will transform you. Because the good news is, when we start to be quicker to listen, when we start to be slower to speak, when we start to be slower to anger, the more I do those things, the more you do those things, 
the more God will change your person. And the next time I'm sitting at a stoplight, it's a lot easier not to get angry. It's a lot easier to be peaceful because I did the hard work of not responding how I wanted to and responding how Jesus would call me to. And the more that we do it, emotions are the product of the entire person. And by God's grace, thankfully, in the work of His Spirit, our person can be transformed. And our emotions, right, we think of anger as an emotion. You're like, James, how do I control my anger? It's just who I am. It's like how God made me. Like I'm just this person. And the good news is the Holy Spirit can bring our emotions in line with God's Word and His will for our lives. James talks about not letting anger control us. And he's talking about, okay, let's get angry less. And this is the good news, right? Like I I sat down with my pastor at that meeting and I started to think, how do I talk less? And it like was just painful of just speaking less. And I just wanted to share the words when I was with friends or in the setting or in the meeting at work. And I'm like, ah, I got something important to say. Let me say it. I just want to say it. And I would restrain myself. And over time, I just started talking less. And I didn't want to talk as much. Over time, I just became a less angry person. And this is the good news, that over time, as you learn to follow him, God will transform you. At the beginning, right, it's super hard, but God will transform you over time. I was supposed to have two props up here that I forgot to grab this morning. Um, But I'm going to just tell you my example that I was going to use this morning. I didn't have any at home. I was going to have a couple balloons up here. I didn't have any at home, but I know Tekoa kids had some balloons upstairs. So I talked to my wife and she said, I'll give you a couple balloons and I forgot to get them. But this is my analogy for you this morning that it's like a balloon with us, with our words and with our anger. Over time, we learn to hold it in a little bit more. In time, we learn to trust. And at first, it's like a new balloon, right? It's like really tight. And you start to blow up the balloon, and it can't even hold that much. And you just, you feel like, okay, I got to let the words out. And so they let out. And you, a little in, a little out, and it just, it can't hold anything. But over time, the more you blow up that balloon, the more times you fill up that balloon, the capacity actually grows as that balloon stretches. And the same can be true for us with our words. Over time, as we contain them, and as I've tried to do at different points in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm going to speak less, and it can be so hard to speak less, or I'm not going to respond in anger, and it's just so hard. I just like, I want to let it out. And over time, I learn to hold it in a little bit more, and God changes me, and He transforms me. And over time, I actually start to be able to speak less. I start to be able to listen more. I start to be able to respond in love and humility more. And the same is true for us. Eventually that balloon's capacity will grow. And then the great thing is you control what comes out of that balloon versus just getting forced out because it can't hold anymore. The words that come out, as the proverb said, become wiser because the capacity is greater and you get to hold in the ones that aren't wise. You get to let out the ones that are wise. And James says at the end of this, the last verse that we're looking at today says, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. The implanted word of God will fill you. Now the word of God will bring wisdom to you. The word of God is Jesus. John says in his gospel that the word was Jesus. So when James says the word implanted in you, it's Jesus being in your life. And that word of Jesus will transform you. 
It will increase your capacity, and that balloon will grow. We need to accept that the Word of God will transform our lives, but if we're too busy speaking and we're too busy getting angry, there's no opportunity for the Word to take root in our lives so that God can transform us. My fifth point is that God will elevate you, and He is going to elevate you, right? He's going to give you what you need, and whatever that is, whatever your purpose is, whether you're supposed to have a more influence, a better platform, whatever it might be, or less, God will give you what He has called you to, and He will elevate you when the time is right instead of us trying to promote ourselves. We need to accept that the implanted Word of God changes our lives, and part of that is being slow to speak and slow to get angry, but the correlation is if we're not quick to listen, if we're not slow to speak, we can't listen to what Jesus wants in our lives. It's like me at the stoplight. If I'm not slowing my response, there's no opportunity for me to listen to how Jesus would want to change me and transform me. There's no opportunity for me to share the fruit of the Spirit and become more like Jesus. It says the fruit of the Spirit, some of them are peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. These kind of things don't become part of our lives if we're not slow enough to let Jesus change us and transform us. We need to be slow so that we can hear. How many of us want to hear God more clearly in our lives? How many of you want a word from the Holy Spirit? How many of you want a word from God? But if we're not slow to speak and if we're not taking the time to listen, there's no opportunity for us to do this. And he doesn't, he won't do it every single time. But right, like it's this morning. If I wasn't down on my knees praying before our time together this morning, there's no opportunity for me to hear what God might have to say for me. In your life, if you're not taking the time to be slower and listen to God, then there's no opportunity for the Word to take root in your life. And we need to trust God that when we're slow to speak, that He will give us what we need. You know, I, I, I remember even being on staff at another church, and I remember wanting more opportunity to get to share with people because God has called me, right, to speak. He's got called me as a teacher. He's called me to a position. And I remember at that church thinking, ah, should I advocate for myself more? Should I try to get those opportunities for myself? And as I prayed about it and as I thought about even out of this verse, what I realized was I need to trust that God will give it to me when the time is right. And I'm here right now. I have this opportunity. And I don't know if, I if it would have been different if I would have tried to take it for myself, but we don't need to take it for ourselves. Maybe you're in your work meeting and you're like, oh, I gotta, like the big boss is here. I got to make sure that he sees that I have something to bring to the table with this team. You're like, okay, I got to insert myself as much as possible. Or whether it's with family or I don't know what your circumstance is, but take the time to be patient. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, understand those around you, slow to get angry, and let God elevate you when the time is right. And when the time is right and He does elevate you, the good news is you're not going to pop. You're not going to be the balloon that grew too quickly, couldn't hold it in anymore, and exploded. Instead, you'll be the balloon that has the capacity, and what comes out is wisdom instead of what comes out of an explosion. So take the time. Don't be a self-promoter. Let God promote you. So before I finish today, I want to look at a story of Jesus as well out of Mark chapter 9. John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not stop him. 
For no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able to soon afterwards to speak evil of me. For one who is not against us is for us. Right, John comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, are you happy with me? I saw this guy over here and he was doing something good. He was setting people free. He was bringing freedom for people, Jesus. And, but he was doing it, not, he's not part of our group. And Jesus, aren't you proud of me? I stopped him. I criticized what he was doing. I told him he needed to stop and shut down what he was doing. And Jesus comes to John and is like, why were you so quick to get angry with him? Why were you so quick to get down on him and criticize what he was doing? People were finding freedom. People were finding life in my name, and you shut it down. Why, John? Why would you do such a thing? John was so quick to critique. He was so quick to speak down. And because of that, the power of what Jesus was doing in other people's lives was getting stifled. And matter of fact, right before this, in the same chapter, we see the disciples trying to bring healing through the power of God and probably actually not because of the power of God, trying to do it on their own and use the words. Maybe they were saying the same things that Jesus said when he was trying to heal other people, and they weren't able to do it. They had to bring the person to Jesus and say, I don't know what happened. We were doing what you taught us to do. We were doing what we saw you do, but he didn't find, but we didn't get, we didn't see healing. The miracle didn't happen. I don't know why, Jesus, but here he is. Maybe you can do what we couldn't do. And I think Part of that happened because the disciples were so quick to criticize. They were so quick to use the right words, but they weren't relying on the power of God. They weren't relying on the power of the Spirit. They weren't responding in love. They were just trying to do it on their own. First Corinthians says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Church, we don't need to talk more. We don't need to get angry more. We don't need to critique more. What we need to do is trust God and operate in His power more. You need to trust God and respond in His power more. Our worship team can come back up um, as I finish here this morning. Right, I try to take my own words this morning and talk a little bit less. Um, and, but I, what I want to leave you guys with is a few challenges, a few opportunities to apply this this week. Number one, I mentioned this a few times, ask more questions in your life. When we ask questions, we're naturally going to listen. When we ask questions, we're naturally going to speak less, and we're going to let other people be heard. So think about how you can ask more questions. Number two, encourage more. Because when you're encouraging, you're not talking about yourself, you're talking about somebody else, and you're trying to build them up. And too often we're trying to talk because we want to bring somebody else down, or we want to change them, or we want to elevate ourselves. And so when we're bringing encouragement, we actually build other people up, and we bring the focus off of ourselves. So ask more questions, encourage more. And my challenge for our church this week, I'm excited about this, I'm a little nervous for myself, speak 50% of the time this week. Yeah, I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. I'm going to read Proverbs one more time. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. And here's the challenge. The good news is wisdom comes from this, and we all want to be more wise people, right? But this is the challenge, not forever, because if you only spoke 50% of the time that you do now, for most of us that would be way too little. But just for a week, 
literally speak 50% of the time. Half the time when you want to talk, don't. You're like, I do this sometimes, right? I'm like, I literally say this sometimes. I say, oh, I've got, I've got three th thoughts on that thing that we were just talking about. And that, so that I make sure I get all three in before the conversation gets taken back from the other person. Just share one of the three instead of all three for this week. And learn to be quick to listen. Learn to be slow to speak. And you'll actually get angry less as well. You'll become more like Jesus. If you speak 50% of the time, I bet you will be 150% more impactful this week. Because what you do say gets controlled out of your mouth. And the good news is over time, that's going to let God change you. All of a sudden, your capacity is going to increase and you're going to learn to be a little bit quicker to listen. You're going to learn to be a little slower to speak. And God will change who you are as you learn to live out this call for your life. When I talk less, when you talk less, you rely on God more. Because we have to trust that He is working, He is moving. Because I don't have so many words to make it do it on my own. So this week, church, talk 50% of the time and trust that God is moving on your behalf and He's moving on their behalf and He is at work. Trust that the Holy Spirit is filling you and working. Let me pray for us. Let me pray that we could live this out this week. Would you guys join me in prayer? God, I pray that we would learn to be quick to listen. There is a hurting world around us that is dying to be heard. God, and you hear them, you know what they're going through, you know what our family is going through, or our coworkers, or our friends. Lord, you know. Lord, help us to live that out to be slower, to speak, quicker, to listen. Lord, when we're in those situations that we just want to, just the anger is rising up, may we be slow to get angry and may we let the word of you, Jesus, get planted in our hearts and that we would be transformed, that your fruit would come through us, that we would become more like you. Jesus, help this church, help us be slow to speak. May we be quick to listen this week. And I pray that that would bring wisdom to each of us that in our situations, that in our lives, Lord, that wisdom would reign, that your spirit would give us more of your words and we would hear you speak to us more clearly, that you would speak through us more clearly. God, may your spirit move this week as we are quick to listen. As we finish praying here, as we continue praying, as we wrap up our time, there's some of you that maybe have never fully trusted or trusted at all what God wants to do. You just try to do it on your own. And as I shared this morning, you realize, man, I... I would love to be angry less. I would love to talk less. And I would love for the Word of God to be planted in my life. And so if that's you, Jesus is saying, I came for you. I came, I lived a perfect life for you. I died a death that I didn't deserve, but I did it for you. And He took on the cross all of our brokenness, all of our sin, and then He was raised alive three days later. So if that's you, I want to invite our church right now to just pray together. And I invite you to take this step of faith to say, God, I, I'm just going to trust in you. I want to take that leap of faith. May your word get planted in me right now. So if that's you and you want to just put your trust, your faith in Jesus, pray these words with me. Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect and I need help. I believe you died and rose again for me. I choose to follow you. Amen. Let's respond, church, to the word that is planted in us. Let's worship Jesus right together now. So would you guys stand as we worship together?
Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.